what the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. I'm just leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely not. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore, and I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by my colleague Raheem Palmer, professional better. This is the Wednesday Workshop. Each Tuesday night, we break down the lines fresh off the presses and give you the insights that you need to bet the huge slate in the NBA every Wednesday. All of Raheem's analysis, picks, insight can be found in the Action Network app. It's the best way for you to track your picks, get a hold of where the bet lines are coming in on, where the money's coming in, all of that information, plus models, props, and more in the Action Network app. Uh, if, by the way, you are a bracket better, and I'm sure most of you are, you're going to watch I Got Big Bets on Campus hosting a huge two-part episode tonight, breaking down the tournament bracket, best ways to bet it. We have so much stuff on March Madness. We have just an unbelievable amount of content on March Madness. If you're betting the tournament, you need to be checking out the Action Network and the Action Network app. All right, Raheem, let's get started. I'm not asking you, I'm one of those blind. What is your first best bet for Wednesday? Well, the Minnesota Timberwolves minus eight against the Los Angeles Lakers. When you look at the Lakers, they're in a total tailspin right now. I mean, it's bad. I mean, they are dead as fried chicken right now, to quote Jules and Pope Fiction. When you look at this team, they're three and 10 in their last 13 games. And the three games in which they won, it required LeBron James to drop 50 in two of them at home. And then the other one was a meltdown against the Utah Jazz. I mean, this team is just absolutely getting taken into the deep waters and drowned mm-hmm. on a nightly basis at this point. So I'm 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 keep riding the train. We're going to Minnesota Timberwolves. I just think this this Lakers team, they're playing a small ball lineup and they don't even have any shooting. So <laughs> I gotta go with the Timberwolves. I they're minus eight for the full game. I want to play some first half too, and I want to split my wager because I think at bare minimum you'll get a split. Okay, do me a favor. Um, this is a, a key question here. Pull up your power ratings. And I, I want to ask you about, about one specific element as we get into this one, because I think it's important to understand where the Lakers are. Uh, I have the Lakers surprisingly not terrible because they tend to lose games either because the defense is bad or because the offense is bad. It's very rare that they have both fail at the same time, and that keeps their numbers pretty stabilized even as the record starts to spiral. So I have them just 19th in power rating. Um, I'm curious where you have the Los Angeles Lakers in your power ratings. I have the Lakers 24th. 24th. What do you have the San Antonio Spurs? What do I have the Spurs? 18th. Okay, so you've got them better. I have the Lakers, surprisingly. I have them actually, I have them 19th and I have the Spurs 21st. So my hesitation here is like trying to get, a, I'm trying to get a sense for that, that result the other night where, where Cat dropped 60 and the Wolves put up just a monster number of 149 on San Antonio, how that translates into this matchup, right? Because if the Wolves in that game were three and a half point favorites is the differential between them. And it sounds like based off of your model, it is like an approximate jump that the difference between it's 18th and 24th. Is that right? Yeah. And when I pull up post all-star break, I actually have the Lakers only better than the thunder and the blazers. That's that's a spicy meatball and not unfair. (laughs) Uh, Pretty accurate given how they played 
Yeah, I, I'm going to stay away. Uh, mm-hmm. I have this 8.3. So I, just based off of the number, I'm just going to be like, um, I'm just going to leave it alone. I think I, I don't think that playing the Wolves is a bad. I can't warn you off of this. Right. I can't be like, oh, are you sure that you want to bet against the Lakers? The Lakers have just quit. They've quit in every single aspect. That team is begging, begging to be put out of its misery and knocked out of the playoffs. But the Spurs, the Blazers and the Kings are all like, nah, you got it. It's cool. We're fine. We'll take the lottery spot. Like San Antonio should be able to make a run here. And they just keep losing. Like, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if the Spurs are stealth tanking versus the Blazers, who are obviously tanking. And then the Kings are just the Kings. Um, like the Lakers pretty badly don't want to be in the play in. That's a, that's evident. And yet they're just kind of stuck there. Um, so, yeah, I can't hate this play. I guess like my only question is, is there a, is there like a matchup that you think exacerbates the spread or is it just like, no, like the Wolves are a good team and the Lakers are a bad team. And this is only an eight point spread. Like, what do you think the spread should be? I think the spread should be 12. <laughs> like, I'm embarrassed to say that, but no, it's, it's, it's just but like look, this is who they've been, right? Like this is who the Lakers have been. Is is this type of a team? Um, I'll ask you this because AD has been doing some stuff, mm. right? If they suddenly upgrade AD to questionable, then what? I think if they upgrade him to questionable, I think you just wait for him to get rolled in, wait for the line change, and then just bet on the <laughs> on the Timberwolves. Okay, I so mean yeah. like. It'll move probably three points, right? It'll move to five. Yeah. I mean, look, these two teams, they played before. I mean, I know last time they played, and they played on November 12th. LeBron James didn't play. The Wolves won 107-83. All right. Let's say it only moves a point of 80s in. Let's say it only moves to seven because the betting public is just like, nope, no, sir. Don't believe in this Lakers team. And the bookmakers are, are savvy to us. They only move it a point, right? If it's seven, is that still playable? Definitely still playable. I, look, I, I'm I'm even looking at it now. December 17th, the Wolves played the Lakers, and they won 110-92. And the Lakers were full strength. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, I mean, this yeah. is a bad matchup. And you got Anthony Davis. If he's coming back, it's his first game back. He's rusty. I like to feed superstars coming back in their first day back. And I, we know Anthony Davis isn't going to move the spread one. So that's a better number for us. Okay. Um, next one up for you. Uh, do you have anything else on the slate, or is that your only best bet for tonight? Um, I have one that I'm thinking about. Um, and I actually wanted to bring it to your attention. I'm leaning towards, and I I don't know if I necessarily want to play this, but I'm leaning towards the Cavs and the Sixers over two seventeen. Um, we did this game on the Betcast a couple of weeks ago, and we noticed that the Cavs were they were pushing the pace and. The first half, it went over pretty much with ease, but it died in the second half. And, you know, when I looked at when I look at these two teams, the Cavs are really struggling defensively, especially without Jared Allen in the line. And I I think they're going to have Karis Levert back in this game. And I I see this as a game where both teams can get up and down the floor and, and score some points. So I think 217 is a little bit low. The Sixers only put up 103 in that last matchup. And now, they really don't have anybody to deal with and beat with no Jared Allen. So that's what I'm really looking at. This is surprising me. The over in the first half of the, of the last 10 games is five and five for the Sixers. That's via uh, evanalytics.com. 
if I do the last five, it's actually one in four. That surprises me. Like it feels like their defense has been compromised. Right. So yeah, I'm going to be curious to see kind of like how this plays out in terms of what's the number that you've got on, on that line. The books have it 217. So then I have it 220. So I'm gonna go. We're gonna do this again. I'm do, I'm doing it again because the Sixers are are four point favorites. So that puts the Cavs total down at 106 and a half or 107. I kind of just want to play the Cavs over, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know. You're right that like. I, I guess the question is, without Jared Allen, do you think that the Sixers put up like a huge number? Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. Honestly, there's a part of me that really wants to play the Sixers in this spot. I mean, yeah. four just, it seems a little low. Yeah, but it's a little bit trappy, right? Like, it feels a little, like, it feels a little, I feel just like a, a, a smidge like it's a trap. Now, you're, no, don't be wrong. Like, my matchup yeah. numbers have this pick them because it loves the Cavs. And my full season power rating only has this one and a half because, again, it loves the Cavs. Um I've actually got Cavs favored in this matchup based off of that because my numbers don't like Philly at all for a number of reasons. Um, that must be full season numbers. It can't oh, be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's why. So. Okay. Um, yeah, it's also. I mean, it's also based off of how much the Sixers have struggled in transition, right? Like, if you're just giving up this huge transition edge per possession every single game because their transition defense really is poor, then you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually like the over. I think I think the over is a good play because. That way, if the Cavs can't score, the Sixers can put up like 115 on their own, no problem. And if the um, Sixers defense struggles, then the Cavs are definitely going to put up like 110, 112. And so I think you're still in a pretty good spot to hit the over there. I like that. Yeah. That's a good play. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't be surprised. All of your plays are really good. But let's, <laughs> uh, let's look at what else we got on the board. As we take a look around on Wednesday night, um, let's talk about the marquee game of the night, which I think is Mavericks. And Nets. Uh, so the Nets are one and a half point dogs, actually, in the spot. Is that right? I mean, they are at home, so there's no Kyrie. So that would make sense. Yeah. Nets are plus one and a half at home. So uh, I can't bet it because my numbers don't like the maps. My numbers just uh, just across the board do not like uh, Dallas. Like they let, they really like Boston in that matchup this weekend. And obviously Boston loses outright. So I'm staying away from it. What do you think on Nets Mavericks? I'm a little bit curious about it with KD. I know no Kyrie, but KD getting a point and a half versus a lot of teams at home. I don't know what the mat. I guess Dorian Finney-Smith just takes the, the the KD matchup for the most part. They got a lot of shooting. I don't know. I I I kind of think that there might be some value on the Nets here. I think they might be a little undervalued. Finally, I think there's a part of me that thinks that the line should probably be Nets minus one and a half as opposed to them being dogs. And right now, you can't count KD out at all. I'm interested to see what that total is. I think that total is, like, really intriguing. Last time these two teams played, the Nets won 102-99. I think the spread was three. They were on the road. KD played. I'm not sure. Yeah, James Harden did play in that game. James Harden was 7-13, 23 points. But it, it feels like this is a better Nets team right now. I mean, I've got it. I've got the, I've got the total. What do you have the total at? I have it at where I have it. 219 post all-star break. Ooh, it's 219 and a half. Very wow. sharp. Okay. Very sharp. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't think you can get a play on that, but yeah, I think it's yeah. an interesting, 
I think it's obviously like a really interesting game. Um, the other one that I'm kind of a little bit interested in is Wizards Nuggets. Feels like a mm-hmm. letdown spot, right? Back to back road games for Denver. De- Wizards have been bad lately, especially like that Blazers game was mm-hmm. atrocious. Um, but I look, they've got bigs, they've got wings, they have shooters. I kind of wonder if this might be a they're they're getting five and a half at home. I wonder if this might be a, a little bit of a good spot just with with Denver on the road. This is now what their ninth game in 11 days because um, they have not had. They did the four and five and they played every other night since. So, yeah, there's, there's no break here. They just keep going. So I kind of wonder if there might be value on the Wizards in the spot. I think you have a point. And I mean, the way that the Nuggets came out of that game in the first half, like I think a, a non Glenn Rivers, James Harden team probably blows them out in that spot. And they played a real tough game. So this does feel like a, a perfect letdown spot. I actually kind of like that play. I, I think I might, there's a part of me kind of want to wait, wants to wait for the market, see if the market overreacts and then maybe you jump on it. Celtics are three point dogs on the road versus the Warriors. Um, I think this should be, I don't know that the Warriors should be, I don't know that the Celtics should be favored, but I think three is aggressive here. I think there's probably value on Boston. And then I don't think that, I don't think playing Boston on the money line is a terrible spot here. It's, I know Draymond's back and the Warriors have played really well lately. This matchup through the years has always been really good because Marcus Smart can do so much in this matchup. The Celtics switch everything. They've got rolling pigs. They have the athleticism. They have like both of these offenses can be kind of pedestrian at times. Um, I like Boston a little bit in the spot. I was struggling with this one. And, and I think a big part of it is obviously Draymond. But now that you said it about the switching defense and they have always played this Warriors team tough. And I tend to agree with you. And it's just like, I have conflicting numbers because I think Boston was a completely different team post all-star break. So I do think, I think we're up to four now. So I, I think there, there's some value on the Celtics at four. Like I, I definitely agree with that. Even on power rating for the full season, which that counts in like all of that struggle that Boston had early in the season. I still only got this Warriors minus 1.9 on power rating. Um, the total is, I think, high. It's 220 and a half. My projection is probably impacted by how bad the Warriors and Celtics, like the Warriors offense was as of late and the Celtics offense was early. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of lean towards under there. I think this is a pretty mm-hmm. good matchup for both defenses being able to bog the other one down just by like, we're just going to switch everything and we're going to jam it. Yeah. My full season numbers have this 209. My post All-Star break numbers have this like 221. Okay. So I think you average those together and I think you, you pretty much get an under. I agree with that. Is it a play for you or do you think you're going to wait, wait on it? Um, I think I'm more intrigued by the Celtics at you this know, point. But here's my concern. I think with the, yeah, here's my, here's my concern with the Celtics or with the under. Mm-hmm. I just feel anecdotally that just, this is my intuition. I just feel like this is going to get steamed up. Yeah, like I just do. And I, I've lost too many, many, I've gone in with like, oh, I really like this cap. I was like, this is under, and then lost CLV on it. And then mm. I'm then I'm fading a line move, right? And I don't like that. I don't like feeling so I'm gonna wait on the total, but I do like Boston mm. in the spot. I think Boston, I wouldn't be surprised if this shortens tomorrow. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Boston takes either some public or some pro money. Yeah. 
I definitely wouldn't either. I mean, especially coming off the loss against the the, the Mavs, I, I think it's, it's probably a good spot for them. All right, last one for you. Okay, look, the Raptors just beat the Suns, the Nuggets, and the Lakers. They're on this extended road trip. Clippers have got a three and four, so that makes me a little nervous here. Clippers are two-point home dogs versus Toronto. Like, got to wait to see what the injury report looks like because if Van Vliet's back, that changes things. Like, you got to make sure what the injury report looks like. I don't want to do this, but I, I even with the three and four, I, I kind of feel like at some point you got to fade the Raptors a little bit here, given how hot they've been. Are they really going to just, like, sweep the entire West Coast road trip? Yeah, I was struggling with this one. This one was tough. And for whatever reason, I can never get a hang of this Raptors team. Because, and I think you said it before because they win seven straight, eight straight. They lose five of the next six. They win. Like, that's their whole season. Their whole season is this. And, I mean, obviously they won four straight. And now you got the last day, game of the road trip. And you spend the night in L.A. But they didn't have to, like, really go hard towards the end of that game. Whereas the Clippers are coming off a road trip. So I think so much of this is the injury report, obviously. <sighs> like, is Van Vliet going to play? I mean, we know OG is still out. What's the status on, on Reggie Jackson and, and Marcus Morris? Were they just rest the other day against Cleveland? Yeah, they just rested them, I think. Okay, so I can't even use my post-All-Star break numbers because it just it loves the rapper. It, it loves the rapper. Even my... My pre-All-Star game numbers loves the Raptors. It makes this game like a pickle. It actually makes the Raptors a one-point favorite. They're favorite. So they're favorite in the spot. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, two, they're two and a half. Okay. Yeah, I think you got to go Clippers. Two and a half, like Raptors laying down on the road. I think that's, that's overreaction. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what, so, but here's the problem, okay? is, mm-hmm. all right, so you, you look at this and you go, okay, sure, they've been hot, but the Clippers are a sneaky good team. Okay, check this out. Raptors, I looked this up the other day, and I was just absolutely, like, stunned by it. First off, let's just do 60%, okay? The Raptors versus teams with a 60% win percentage or better, okay? This season, they are 13-8 and eight straight fucking up, Raheem. 13-8 and eight versus teams with a 60% win percentage or better. 15 and six against the spread. That's versus win percentage, 60% or better. Now you say, but the Clippers are not right. The Clippers are about 500. All right. So I looked at, I wanted to look at specifically, how are they versus teams that are better than 50, but worse than 60? Cause that's like actually a pretty good determination of like, are you a decent team or are you a good team? If you're 60% or better, like you're a good team. If you're 50% yeah. to 60%, you're decent. Not bad. Right. So I ran this, and this is via Give Me the Dog. They're nine and six straight up and against the spread. It's crazy. It's absolutely, it's just crazy that this team, and then so you you say like, well, wait, how can they have these records and and not be better than this? And the answer is versus teams that have a fifth, that are sub 500, they are 16 and 13 straight up and 14 and 15 against the spread. They get overvalued in spots when they're favored. And they get undervalued in spots when they're dogs, but they're favored in this matchup, but they're facing a good team. Like, I don't know how to do this. So I guess here's, here's the, like the last one I want to look at is how about better than 500 and favored. Let's look at that. Yep. 
10 and two straight up and nine and three against the spread. What the fuck are the Raptors? What is this team? A lot of times it's just like I'm watching them and I feel like they're, they're just a team who could just muck it up with their athleticism up in the front court with Scotty Barnes and, and Siakam. And I think the Clippers are a team where they're solid defensively. And I mean, they find ways of scoring off of, you know, their defense. So it's just like neither one of these two offenses are, are, are great. It's got to be a stay away. It's just too much of a trap. You wind up talking yourself into the Raptors and then Scotty Barnes has got 17 in the third quarter and like Siakam is cooking and the Clippers are missing threes and you're just absolutely boggled. If you go the other way, it's like, oh, why did I possibly take the Raptors here? They, you know, they haven't. This is the other thing. This is an L.A. nightlife game, right? You beat the Lakers. Big game. Yeah. Like you're you have the night off in Los Angeles and then you play the Clippers like this is absolutely an L.A. nightlife spot. I don't understand why this total is so high. That's I mean, 218 just feels like a lot for these two offenses. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. Let's stay away from, yeah, I'm, from that one. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> Let's stay away from that one. We like the Celtics plus three. We like the Wolves. You like the I Wolves. Have a, I, I, have a, I have a question on a game. What do you think about this? Because I think the one game that stood out to me was the Knicks. I know it's, I know it's a high spread, but the Knicks was blowing this team out with Anthony Simons and Nurkic. And, yeah, and the Knicks have been really good lately. It's a double-digit like, spread. That's one, honestly, I kind of want to back the Knicks one. Yeah, it's like just, think, here's my only problem. It's like Josh Hart just decided he's going to drop 30 every game. Yeah. Like, the Blazers should, I mean, the Blazers lost, right? Like the Blazers were leading that, that Hawks game and then wound up, but they covered. I think the question is, that's a good question actually, actually here is, do you think right now the Knicks are better than the Hawks? But that's a legit sure. question. I, I, I think, I think the Knicks, the what? Knicks are better than the Hawks without Giant Collins. Ooh, I like that angle. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then I can get behind the 10 and a half. I don't want to lay it just because I don't want to lay 10 and a half with New York. But that's one of those that I'll just feel dumb at the end. I'll be like, why did I lose yeah. 10 and a half points like, <laughs> when they lose, when they win by like six in a, in a way closer game, I'm just going to feel so dumb, but I don't, I don't think it's bad. The Blazers obviously want to lose, like they want to lose and they're going to have to get more aggressive because they've been hanging in these games. But like that wizard win was bad and they almost beat the Hawks. Like they have to tank. So especially with the way yeah. the Lakers are spiraling. That's got to wrap it up for the Wednesday workshop. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Make sure to download the Action Network app and check out all the great content at actionnetwork.com. You can follow Raheem on Twitter at I am Rostradamus, his new Twitter handle, which is uh, I just enjoy immensely. Thanks for everybody for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time. Let's get buckets.